welcome to the Clifford Chance podcast, where our experts discuss pressing issues and trends faced by the business world today. My name is Desi Savova. I'm a partner at Clifford Chance, leading our tech group activities across continental Europe. I'm very happy to be joined today by my European tech group colleagues, Thomas, who is a regulatory and EU public policy expert, Martin, a litigation partner, and Eduardo, an expert in fintech and financial institutions. At Clifford Chance, we see the cybersecurity risk as one of the most critical and global risks companies are facing, whatever their industry. There is no such thing as a zero-risk strategy in cybersecurity. European businesses are increasingly gathering and monetizing data, and at the same time, they are increasingly at risk of significant cyber attacks. These attacks have led to business interruption, financial impact, reputational damage, diminished customer trust. European companies such as British Airways, Marriott, EasyJet, Buick Telecom, and many others have been severely hit by data incidents. Companies in Europe have to focus, I think, on three fundamental aspects for a successful cybersecurity strategy. First, businesses need to prepare and to have a solid plan in place to manage cybersecurity incidents. And this is even more relevant in the current environment with many businesses continuing to work remotely in Europe. Second, a successful crisis management process is a must when a cyber incident occurs. Um, and finally, the success of a cybersecurity strategy depends on the ability to navigate an increasingly complex and global regulatory landscape. In Europe, recent cyber and data laws, such as GDPR, NICE, PSD2 directive, new cyber EU regulation are just examples of this trend. With this in mind, let's start with the preparation for a cyber incident. Thomas, from a legal perspective, what are the key elements of a successful cyber response plan? Thanks, Desi, and hello to everyone. I think most of us would agree that it is not a question if a cyber attack will happen, but only when. Hence, every company needs to be prepared. A powerful approach is wargaming. That means simulating an attack to develop a cyber response plan both on the technical and the legal front. So from a legal perspective, such cyber response plans should include at least the following four issues. First, a clear identification of the relevant authorities. This should encompass all relevant jurisdictions and all relevant regulators, including for data, cybersecurity, and, for example, financial markets supervision. Such an upfront determination is particularly important as incidents often need to be reported within very tight timeframes. Secondly, a clear identification of the customers or other third parties that may need to be informed if a cyber incident occurs. Thus, fines under the GDPR and damages under contracts can be avoided or at least reduced. Thirdly, the internal responsibilities, reporting lines, and measures must be clearly determined. 
And finally, it makes also sense that external forensic teams, including IT experts and lawyers, are onboarded in times of peace. These teams should know the network and vulnerabilities, the reporting lines, responsible persons, and so on and so forth, to be able to help effectively and without any delay. And is there anything else that companies can do in order to be prepared? Well, in addition to these cyber response plans, companies should consider especially the following three issues. First, do we as a company have a cyber insurance? And if so, does it cover the relevant risks, the whole group or only specific entities? And is its financial cover sufficient? Then, how can contracts be drafted to avoid damages or compensation in case of a cyber incident? Moreover, in case of mergers and acquisitions, the due diligence should cover cyber risks so that you don't buy a pick and a poke. And finally, the compliance management system should be established and maintained in line with the relevant data protection and cybersecurity requirements. So this all shows that the risks are real, but that the preparation and risk reduction are definitely possible. I have the impression that companies in the financial sector often seem better prepared than others. Eduardo, do you share this view? Thanks, Tessian. Hello to everyone. Indeed, security is a concern in the DNA of credit institutions. And generally speaking, they are well prepared to repeal cyber attacks. You have to bear in mind that the financial sector suffers 65% more cyber attacks than any other sector. And those attacks do not have a major impact because credit institutions invest a lot in proper planning. And European authorities are well aware of the importance of proper preparation. You should note that the European Parliament asked the Commission to draft an action plan on fintech. And when it was approved in 2018, cybersecurity was one of the key pillars. And is there an appropriate set of regulations in place in Europe? Hmm. There is not, but we are in the right direction. Since 2017, we have a set of regulations in the context of payment services. PSD2 imposes certain obligations on payment services providers, and there is a guideline on security measures published by the European Banking Authority. That guideline is applied by supervising banking authorities across Europe. But other than PSD2, the financial sector did not have a proper set of regulations until 13 June this year, when entered into force on a guideline on ICT and security risk management approved by the European Banking Authority on November 2019. This guideline applies to any kind of credit institutions and, accordingly, this is an important step towards a consistent approach across Europe. Can you give us a few examples of the type of measures requested by those EBA guidelines? Sure. Um, Credit institutions are required to put in place business contingency plans to ensure that they can react properly in case of an incident. For example, those contingency plans are measured by certain KPIs, such as the maximum time for a system to be restored or the maximum time period during which data may be lost. 
My view is that, in practice, financial institutions are well ahead of those guidelines. Our clients tell us that they focus on three different aspects. First, identifying critical areas for the continuation of the business. Second, testing of potential breaches scenarios. This is the war gaming mentioned by Thomas before. And third, crisis communication plans. Martin, we've just discussed a lot of interesting points about what to consider before a breach. Um, what is key during a breach? Thank you, Desi, and hello to everyone. Uh, when I think about the occurring breach, uh, I believe that there are three key elements that you should take into consideration. First, you need to react and respond quickly. Time is essential and is calculated in hours, not months, weeks, or even days. Therefore, as Thomas mentioned, preparing is so important. Second, you need to investigate and identify what had happened. Full knowledge of what happened is the key. Third, you need to notify the breach if needed. You need to cooperate with all relevant authorities and also consider further actions. Could you tell us more about investigating the breach marching? Why is it important and what are the aims of the investigation? Indeed, investigate and identify is crucial. In the case of cybersecurity breach, the investigation is on one hand very similar to other internal investigations, but on the other hand, it also must be very quick, efficient, and effective. The aim of the investigation is to establish the facts. You need to learn what happened, how did it happen, who and what was responsible, and what is the impact for the company. This is crucial to assess the nature of the breach and to make a decision on follow-up actions. You also need to secure all relevant evidence, and it includes hardware, its digital copies, which might be subject to forensic analysis, network-based log files, but also documents or testimonies of employees who were on the line of the cyber attack. Already at that stage, you should prepare for cooperation with the authorities and agencies. You should get ready for the potential down rates and subpoenas. Also, already at that stage, starts preparation for defending the company and its directors from administrative, civil, and criminal liability. An internal investigation helps you to find proper remedies and comply with duties. Finally, you should also draw conclusions and make recommendations. So the outcome of this investigation should not only be to establish facts and perform the notification duties, but also to learn lessons for the future. For example, you should identify holes in your internal procedures and technology and also suggest necessary improvements. You should also provide trainings for your staff. You should also adopt amendments to your response plan if it occurs needed. And what are the next steps after or actually in parallel uh, with the internal investigation? Uh, Desi, that's a very good question because uh, investigation and further steps frequently overlap. 
This is because you are obliged to notify the breach within the strict deadline, even if you did not manage to complete your investigation. So if this is the case, you need to notify and then continue with the investigation and provide additional required information as soon as they become available. The main next steps include reporting to regulators, uh, and before you do that, you need to identify regulators. And I understand that this may actually be quite tricky in Europe. Uh, indeed, it might be difficult because in Europe you have different regulators that uh, might require such notification. So that's why it is so important uh, to uh, establish those regulators in advance. Uh, you should also uh, consider notifying law enforcement agencies if the breach constitutes a criminal offense. Uh, you should get ready for cooperation with law enforcement agencies in the course of their investigations, and it might include cooperation in the case of down rates. It's very likely that some of the agencies might uh, down rate the company, but it might also include suggesting to enforcement agencies what the next step should be. Our experience shows that in some European jurisdictions, enforcement agencies might be looking for such uh, recommendations and suggestions, and it might include uh, escalating uh, the matter to international level, including Europol or Interpol. You might also consider actions aimed at blocking proceeds of criminal offense. And for example, it might include requesting the banks to block the accounts. You should also consider starting litigations, including applying for interim measures, and finally, notifying insurance companies. Eduardo, are there any interesting lessons learned from the financial sector concerning the post-breach actions? Probably the most important lesson is that a number of decisions need to be made and the team should be prepared to make a lot of judgment calls within a short period of time. Let me give you three examples. First, the team needs to assess if the breach qualifies as a major incident or not. It is not an easy exercise because there are different criteria which needs to be considered. For example, the value of the operations affected, the number of clients affected, or the period of time during which the service is unavailable. Second, the team needs to consider if and when to report to the supervising authorities. If to report, it's clear in the case of a major incident, but not all the incidents were to be notified due to the limited impact. And when, because a balance needs to be found between, on the one hand, notifying too early and without proper information, and on the other, notifying later but with more information. Obviously, the general principle is to notify and do it as soon as possible. And third, if the relevant supervising authorities have been informed, the financial institution needs to be prepared for providing ongoing updates on the status of the breach, but most important, be ready to answer quickly any request for additional information that the supervisor may have. And this is an additional burden when a lot of things are happening at the same time. Let's now summarize the key findings and lessons learned 
that we have just discussed together. First, being prepared for a cyber incident is critical. Second, efficient crisis management requires a holistic approach onboarding experts from all functions. And third, companies that invest in a long-term strategy in cybersecurity are the winners of tomorrow on the global market. This is particularly true in Europe, where cybersecurity standards are amongst the highest in the world, and European businesses can turn their compliance in a competitive advantage to win their clients' trust and loyalty. Thank you, Martin, Eduardo, and Thomas, and thanks to everyone for listening. Additional information on cybersecurity can also be found on Token Tech and our Risk Hub available on Clifford Chan's website. We are also about to publish an update of our cybersecurity report where we discuss the new regulations taking effect globally and how this will impact you now and in the future. Please don't hesitate to share any feedback. And if you have any questions or need assistance on any cybersecurity issues, do get in touch. We would be happy to help. You've been listening to the Clifford Chance podcast. Stay tuned to more coming soon at cliffordchance.com.